My name is Sabrina Petrofessa. And I'm Lily Rugo. And this is Earth's Mightiest Fangirls. We are back. We're back on track. The holidays got a little bit in the way, but we're here. Yes, because we're idiots and we we showed up again right before Christmas. (laughs) Yep. Also, I did not finish. I got our shows confused. I was watching this week's show when I should have been watching last week's show. So I had to do some quick binging on Peggy Carter, but it was worth it. Yes, and if you hear something different in my voice, it's because I'm really tired. I just woke up. <laughs> we switched, uh, we didn't switch time zones. We switched um, who's had to wake up this time. Yes, so now it's a different day for us. Yeah, we're recording into the future. I'm, <laughs> or I'm recording into the future. Yeah, it's You're recording Saturday into the morning. Past. It's Saturday Friday night. morning. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's get started. Uh, what are we talking about, Lily? We are talking about Daredevil's second season. And I actually watched this one all the way through. I didn't skip around. I could handle this season. That's not true. I could not handle this season's violence. Okay, well, it came out in the year 2,559 in Thailand. Oh. Yeah, the Thai calendar is a bit different. But it came out in 2016. Wow. Season two came out March 18th, 2016. Oh, that's right, because I was in a... I... Fun fact, the first time I watched this, I was in London. Oh. And the day it came out, I had a bunch of different uh, essays due, because the way London, like the way England does college is weird for me. Mm. Um, no, no tests, no nothing, just essays. Mm-hmm. So I had a bunch of essays due, and um, I, like, could not watch it. <laughs> I could not spend 13 hours straight watching it. I had yeah. to finish my, my essays because I procrastinate so much. <laughs> so I'm, like, like, going through them, and then I have a friend texting me being like, oh, my God, Daredevil season two is so great. And I'm like, shut the f- Oh, I cannot. You cannot tell me what's happening. I can't watch it until tomorrow because I have to write all these essays because today is my deadline. Oh, man. So I literally, like, handed in all my essays, went back to my dorm, opened my laptop, and <laughs> I settled in. Man. Yeah, that is, that's a feat. Did it release in the um, same time or did you have a time delay? Um, I think it does that thing where, like... It, it always releases at midnight uh, uh, West Coast time, whatever oh, okay. California is. Okay, so then everywhere else gets it whenever that time is. Yeah. Okay. Commitment. Commitment to Daredevil. But it was a good season. It was a great season. This season had so much happening. It had too much happening in it. I, I liked it, but... And again, I haven't even seen the first season all the way through, but I feel like... That one was easier to understand what was happening. And this one, they threw a lot at the walls. And then I I took my own notes for the first time on the final three episodes because by episode 11, I was confused and bored. I mean, I think everything was like sort of flowing into each other. But I think the difference for this season is that they were trying to give Matt, Karen, and Foggy their own storylines. Mm-hmm. Like their own distinct storylines. So for Foggy, he's trying to deal with keeping Nelson and Murdoch alive while mm-hmm. Matt is kind of just coming in and then making decisions and then like upending what they're doing. Yeah, wasn't a huge fan of Matt Murdoch, the lawyer. Yeah, although 
I am still disappointed that I didn't see more of Matt Murdock, the lawyer. Mm -hmm. And that was all his fault. And then uh, Karen is trying to help like help slash save Frank because she's decided she wants to become an investigative journalist. Which, side note, I'm so mad that she just walks into this newspaper, is like, hey, I want to do this thing. And like, at first he's like, sure, that's fine. Like, you're not actually working for me. Just do it. But at the end of the season, she just gets her own office. Yeah, I know. She got Ben's office, so I get I get why I was like poetic and stuff. But I was... I'm, I'm kind of dumb on these context clues to begin with, but for the longest time, I couldn't figure out why, like, that's what was happening. She just kept going back to the newsroom, and I was like, okay, she's looking up stuff for the case. Now she's just looking up stuff. Now she has an office. And then suddenly she's a... I have a lot of notes about how suddenly she's just a journalist. And I'm like, since when? They it, There was a conversation between Matt and Karen about Matt was like, you're really good at this, like, investigative stuff. Have you thought about becoming a lawyer? And then she's like, then their conversation ends with, no, she's not going to become a lawyer. So I guess, yeah, she is a really good investigative journalist, but it just kind of happened. Yeah, but I, I mean, like, the thing is, like, we went to school for journalism, but you don't really need to do that, you know? No, but I just thought that the transition was slow and then suddenly jarring to Karen's onto something to suddenly Karen's writing uh, a think piece profile op-ed. And she also knew the terms all of a sudden. I mean, I don't think it was that jarring. Okay. Because she wants to help Frank and her way to do that is to go somewhere where she thinks the information is. And so she thinks that information will be at a newspaper because newspapers, like, report on news like, you know, a whole family being massacred no, in I know- the park. No, I know... I know what led her to the newspaper, but suddenly her being on the team, I thought, was jarring. I think that transition was well explained. No, but yeah, she goes there, and then she's going back, and she's going back, and she's going back, and then uh, the editor is like, yeah, just do it yourself. Like, write the story yourself. You think there's a story here? Do it. Oh, I missed that conversation. I just saw him giving her free free reign on the archives. And then suddenly he wanted a piece. No, no, it was it was kind of like he was seeing her being like so invested and so like like clearly he saw that there was a story there. He wasn't going to give it to someone else because she was the one doing all the research. She was the one who was invested in it and he could see that she was the one who was like super into it. And who else would write that story other than the person who like is so passionate about it? Yeah, no, it made sense. I guess I'm just dumb and I missed these context clues. Yeah, I thought it was pretty smooth. I was just mad that she, like, jumped into an office. I was like, you should be in the bullpen. What is happening right now? I was mad whenever in the later half of the episode when she's finally, we get it, she's a journalist, she was going to interview a source for her story, and then she didn't write anything down. Oh my I was God, so no. mad. She got out a little notebook and everything, and then she asked the first question and then closed it. And I was like, what? Karen, I know you're new at this, but you have to you're not write down the quotes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And then as later on in the end later in that scene, that scenario, she, as she was walking out the door, she's like, I'm not even a real reporter. And I'm like, these writers need to decide where she stands on the journalistic line. Oh wait, you're talking about when she goes to visit Frank's uh SO, SO? superior officer. Yeah. She puts the book yeah. away because she realizes some crazy stuff is about to go down no no she didn't put it away she asked you i'm sorry listeners you have no idea what i'm doing with my hands but she asked the first question of like 
who was Frank? And then as she answers, as the dude's answering, she gets distracted and, like, closes it and starts listening. And I'm just like, Garrett! Oh, yeah. Okay. She, I mean, like, it's a normal thing to do of, like, you just, like, you want to listen, so you put away what's in your hands. But, like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Keep the book open. Keep the pen out. You gotta write down what he says. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then she puts, and then she, like, puts it away when she realizes that, like, her life's in danger. Yeah, okay. Which we'll get into. Okay, 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 okay. Yes, so that's Karen. That's what Karen's doing. And Matt is dealing with the fact that his, the love of his life, who is also kind of psycho. She is crazy. I, I'm, I, don't, I know that word is not great, but she is. Yeah, no, she's a little psycho. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love her. Her name is Electra Nachios, and I love her. I really liked her. No, I think she's awesome. Yeah, I'd heard about the character Electra because the actress who plays her, Elodie Young, is French, uh, South Asian. She's something Southeast Asian, French Cambodian, I think. So a lot of the Asian American news sources were like, "Look who cast on Daredevil!" So I was like, "Cool, keep my eyes out for Electra," and uh, she appeared. And it was great. Yeah, no, I love her. She's uh, such a good character. And it's very different from what... So, again, I'm the only one who watched the, like, awful Daredevil um, (laughs) that... uh, What's his name? Ben Affleck was in. Right? That was Ben Affleck. I can't believe that exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That was Ben Affleck. Um, And the person who played Elektra was Jennifer Garner? Interesting. Yeah, it was Jennifer Garner. Well, because Electra Nachios oh. is uh, Greek. Right. Traditionally, she's Greek, and she uh, grew up rich, and then her father dies, and her father was crazy and, like, always taught her how to fight and stuff. So, oh, um, yeah. because, like, her father, I think, like, technically, it's like her father was part of, like, a really bad crowd, and so mm. he raised her to protect herself. And um, right, right. And that was like the backstory for Electra in that movie. I still can't get over meeting that character for the first time, and that like she and Matt just start fighting on a playground as if like Matt would ever just in the middle of a playground start fighting and give away the fact <laughs> that he's like not actually blind. So stupid. <laughs> anyway, I really liked. Yeah. Uh, I really like the way they did the character this time was that she was mm-hmm. raised by Stick, adopted by the Nachios family, and like still kind mm-hmm. of always under like Stick's umbrella. Yeah. You know? She's like the ultimate spy. Ultimate kind of. Ultimate uh warrior in Stick's war on the hand. I uh, this I te- when this happened, when this reveal happened, I messaged Sabrina in all caps. Like, I don't remember what it was, but it's something like, are you telling me Daredevil now has to fight immortal ninjas? I have a whole strain of thought, or a whole train of thought about these ninjas. Not culturally. I think they did a fine job representing Japanese ninjas. I have other beef with the ninjas, but we'll get into the plot before I rant. Yeah, I mean, I feel like culturally Daredevil has always been good at making sure that, like, cultures are... F- represented well yeah yeah they didn't just throw in ninjas for fun yeah i mean it's also yeah i mean they the hand is i think a part of daredevil's story always so or at least definitely electra's but this war this war but this war with the hand is kind of what matt is dealing with this entire season whether he knows it or not yeah when electra shows okay when electra shows up 
uh, it's just like she's just it kind of seems like she's just trying to get like Matt back to her you know yeah her intro timing wasn't great I wasn't happy with it but continue on yeah we'll get into it I mean she was just trying to get Matt back and like you're like oh that's so like I don't know I like this it's so interesting and then we get flashbacks Mm -hmm. of how like Electra messed up messed, the relationship was messed him up like she sent him to dark places but the, like he did go willingly until the end but it was revealed that the reason that this happened in the first place was because stick sent her to him yeah okay so i think we're getting all sorts of out of track we should start with electra's intro which yeah We'll start with Electra just breaking and entering into Matt's apartment. Yes. And Matt is pretty much not, he's not surprised. He's like, this is her MO. This is my ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And knows that she's crazy. So he's like, mm-hmm. all right, Electra, what are you doing here? And Electra it says something about like, oh, these people at this company, they want my money, but they're doing bad things. So I don't want to give them my money. I want to take them down, which then like Matt starts following her mm-hmm. and figures out who she's talking about and then they end up fighting together and I it's so nice it they have such a great like chemistry on the battlefield together mm-hmm. yeah it's they kind of reference and you and they don't kind of reference they say that they used to be they used to date and you can obviously tell like the sexual tension in the room but when you see them fight together you can finally see like oh wow they really belonged together yes you can finally see what a good couple they were when they were fighting with each other not with but like fighting together and against other people and the thing is is that she shows up right after matt has gone on a date with karen which i did not like exactly but i've never liked matt karen no and i didn't like that they started setting it up out of nowhere the second season and then the second it kind of happens they introduce another female and I thought that was bad. If you ask anyone else who actually ships Matt Karen, you would say it was not out of nowhere. I'm sure. There, like, because I, I, have, I have a friend who loves Matt and Karen together and thought that it was so messed up that they never got their chance and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. but there's, like, literally nothing compelling there. No, I was so bored when they went out together. I thought their first date, um, which is right before Electra's intro, was really cute i really liked their date of they went tried to go to a fancy place like normal couples they saw this doesn't this wasn't them so karen took matt to this great uh indian place i think it is which is um, mm-hmm. like beautiful and she's sitting there describing it to him like that was the first time i shipped them and then whenever they like walked home and were cute and romantic i just hit the skip 10 button until the date was over because i stopped caring i mean like it was it was like cute but at the same time i i don't know i just have never liked it i think not that I think Karen was obsessed with Matt in the first season, but I think what led Karen to like Matt in the first place was like like some sort of hero worship, mm. which has never been something I was like, I don't really care that you think that he's like your hero and that's, I don't know. Yeah, and I get the one of the reasons that they did Matt Karen and Matt Electra this season is because one of the things that he's really dealing with 
And a kind of an overarching theme is like, what is the role of the vigilante? Who is Matt? So Karen represents the light. He, that's Matt Murdock, the lawyer. And then Electra is his true dark side. So it's one of those that like, which girl he picks is which side he is. I mean, type situation. This whole season, this whole show is about morality. Yeah. We're looking at the morality of, of Frank to the morality of Matt to the morality of Electra. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing how each of them function in a different way that's not necessarily bad, but their own morals are so different from the other. Mm -hmm. And they come from different places. Yeah. And that was the most compelling part of this season. I, the rest was, it was okay. But yeah, the the character study was the best part of season two. Yeah. Which leads me to wanting to talk about Frank, but I don't think we're done about talking about Electra. Yeah, I, we'll finish up Electra and then we'll head into yeah. Frank. So, continuing with Electra, Electra, I'm just so glad. That, I'm sorry, I'm going. I'm going back to Matt and Karen. I'm just so glad that that like got squashed. You know? Yeah, I'm okay with that being over. Cause I just there was nothing compelling about them. I didn't care about them. I didn't want them together. If anything, I was really rooting for her to realize Foggy was a great catch. Yeah, but she never did. <laughs> So whatever. No, her loss. Yeah. Marcy's I gain. Literally don't care. Yeah, Marcy's gain. I literally don't care about them anymore. I don't mm. want any of those three to be romantically involved. Um, no, they're way better as friends and associates. Yes. They're a great team. Yes. So when Electra comes into the picture, I'm actually really happy. I think Matt is kind of acting like his true self around her. Um, clearly mm-hmm. there's a struggle between what they think they should be doing and what they are mm-hmm. doing because they want to take every, like, all of these bad people down, but Electra wants to do it through, like, murder, um, and Matt is yeah. like, no, the law, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's so interesting to me that he has, he still has such great faith in the law when mm-hmm. the law, like, clearly fails right and you see his faith get shaken later on and i thought that was a good good moment and good episode but yeah when it comes down to it that's his question of morality this whole season is uh not what it means to be daredevil but like what it means when he takes the law into his own hands and what's his own line but um as matt is dealing with you know the the feelings and the freedom that electra's presence brings in his life it makes him question his moral line as a vigilante, which is where Frank Castle comes in. We have the like good side, light side, dark side, good side, bad side of the vigilante. And I thought it was really good the way they wrote Frank. Yeah. But uh, I skimmed some parts. I yeah, think- I, got a, I got a text from Lily that was like, I could not watch Frank's episode. Yeah, Frank's was intense. Whenever I could see he was going to go from Frank to Punisher, and I was just like, skip 10 seconds, skip 10 seconds, skip 10 seconds. Understandable, but also, yeah. God, that sucks because his fight scenes are so awesome. Yeah, I know. The the um, stunt choreography for this show is, like, on point. Yeah, they did a really good job, whoever's in charge of it. And then the directing to go with it, it's very good. Yeah. So I think what really encapsulates, like, what Frank is and who he is is that moment where he's buying guns from like a shady dude mm. or he's buying like police equipment from some shady dude in the shady part of New York um, and he drops a lot of money on it so that the guy just like shuts up, doesn't, gives him his stuff and walks away. 
but then the the guy starts going like i've got all the stuff that you might want like you might want this kind of porn you might this kind of porn i've got kids and then frank and you see frank stop he stops he goes back to the door he puts the like closed sign on turns around and murders the dude which is fantastic for me because anyone selling like kitty porn needs to die yeah and that was a great because you kind of by this point you know that frank has just like killed a lot of people and you're just like who is this murderer this with no code and then you finally see this scene is like this is the line and you're like oh i'm on your side oh and you're like oh no he does have a code yeah which anyone who knows the punisher knows he does have a code and knows that his like whole backstory is that his whole family died and he's trying to get like revenge for his family but um that was the scene that like really showed like no he does have he does have like morals he's not just killing to kill like Mm -hmm. there are people he's killing for a reason yeah because before that all we had seen was his work which was you know hanging Mm -hmm. people up from meat hooks right yeah which was kind of and all you yeah that was bad and also, all you know, his victims are all criminals. So that's already kind of like... He's taken being judged during executioner upon himself. And that's that's what Matt's fate has to clean up. Not to clean up. That's what Matt's dealing with. I just really love Frank Castle. I do too, surprisingly. You don't think you're going to. And then you do. Because they have just... Like, Frank... Frank was put into this season as a foil for Matt. Which is so clear. Mm-hmm. Because... Frank is very like, I'm going to make this city safe no matter what. And he even tells Matt this. He's like, what you do are half measures. Those people are going to go into jail and then they're going to come back out and they're going to do this stuff again and again and again. And no matter what you do, it's not going to stop. And Matt is like, but you can't kill people. Like, that's his only argument against is like, but you can't just kill people. That's not up to you. Because, you know, Matt's moral Mm -hmm. code comes strongly from his like, catholic guilt yeah and the this really comes into play because um matt as daredevil tracks down punisher and they punisher um ends up uh just like holding him hostage he captures matt holds him hostage and they have this like not a heart-to-heart but like an intense heart-to-heart on the roof of this whole argument of like um he doesn't i think whatever he learns his name's frank but like frank castle aka punisher is just like you and me are you know different sides of the same coin we're not that different and matt is like no we are different but i'm better than you blah blah blah. and then you uh, he starts to see it by the end that he and punisher are the same yeah not same person but same goal their methods that, are different, different but they're yeah. pretty much the same because they're trying yeah. to do the same thing and mm-hmm. what drives them is different too like matt just wants the city to be safe yeah. like for everyone Punisher is doing this because these gangs, what we think are these gangs, killed his family in like a shootout. Yeah, he's driven. Yeah, he's driven by revenge, but he sees his goal as like cleaning up the city is two birds with one stone type thing of like I'm getting revenge and I'm taking some criminals off the streets so that they can never hurt a family like they hurt mine. But since we're on the topic of Frank. Let's talk about Frank Karen. Okay. I love Frank Karen. But I I really liked the relationship. Not, I didn't see it as romantic. I just meant the way they relate to each other. I liked their relationship. 
But if it becomes romantic, I have no problem with that. Oh, really? I have no problem with that. Because I think, we have to remember, Karen has killed someone. Yes, in one of the episodes I did not see. Karen killed Wilson Fisk's right-hand man. So we have to remember that at the end of the day, she understands what it's like to kill someone. And that sometimes it has to happen because if she didn't do that, she never, ever, ever would have survived that moment. Right, I forgot about that. Yeah. So there's something about what Frank is doing that Karen kind of is like, yeah, do it, you know? She, like, Mm -hmm. understands what he's doing, understands that there's something, like important about what he's doing and is like no we have to help him Mm -hmm. yeah she also understands that like he's not doing this from nothing there is a deep set trauma and a deep set physical and mental trauma that has driven him to this point yeah and and it's actually kind of funny that when they're all like uh supporting frank with the the trial um that they don't words He's very adamant about not using PTSD as his uh, his you, you thing, his defense. Uh, his plea. His defense. Yeah, his defense. I really liked that. I thought that was um, a really interesting point that they had uh, on Frank's character. So he says the reason he doesn't want to use it when he finds out that's what... Uh, he wants Matt and Foggy to represent him, and he doesn't want to use PTSD because he says it's disrespectful to the people who actually have it. He says he doesn't. And he doesn't want to, you know, label it and use it. Yeah. Because it's disrespectful. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's so, like, honorable of him to want to do it that way because most people in that situation Mm -hmm. would be like, no, just say it, say it, say that I have it, say that I have it, say that I have it. Um, Yeah. So that they would get a lower sentence, whatever. But here's the thing. He didn't really care about Matt and Foggy being their lawyers or his lawyers. Yeah. He cared about the fact that Karen was on his team because the only person he would talk to was Karen. And that's why, like, I love that dynamic is that, like, Karen would talk Mm -hmm. to him and get answers out of him in the hospital. And, like, he just opened up to her because she also also did some stuff like, you know, go to his house. Yeah. He knew that he wanted to know how she... Yeah, once she found out, once he found out she went to his house, he wanted to, like, first hear about, like, how the house is doing. And then the second thing is, I think he knew that Matt and Foggy didn't, they didn't care. They weren't going to listen to him. But Karen was the only one who would and who did. Because Foggy didn't want the case in the first place. And I don't remember, why did Matt want to take the case? I think it was Karen convinced him. Karen convinced him. He had met Frank. It also might have been after the roof incident and he wanted to help him out. Yeah. Matt... Not Matt. Frank told Daredevil what had happened, I think. Yeah. Or, like, a rough version of what happened to it. And so Matt was just, you know, his savior complex was like, I gotta save him. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So there he goes. Yeah, and and Frank had outright told Karen, he was like, you were in that car, but you were never in danger. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you were shooting at me. And he was like, no, I was shooting at the idiot in your, in your car, but not you. You were never in danger. Mm. That actor... I really like the actor for Frank Castle. I will look him up. Oh, God, I what's his name? Myself. I know his name. John Bernthal. Oh, there you go. Thank you. The amount of times I cried over Frank Castle's character, I was amazed. His well, story is truly heartbreaking, and he, he told it very well. John Bernthal, um, his previous credit to this that I knew him in was The Walking Dead. And he was really good mm. in The Walking Dead, but I really 
hated his character. So mm-hmm. I was interested in seeing him in this role where I would probably like him more. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty awesome. I really like Frank. Like, I, he's just a really good character. I just really enjoy watching him do his thing. And John Bernthal, like, really, really is so awesome. I, for the amount of violence that Frank Castle did that I skipped over, I am not watching Punisher. Sabrina has given me the clear. I am not watching his show. But you have to I read really at in- least the Wikipedia page, though. Oh, yeah, of course. I'll find out the plot. I'll just skip watching it. But um, I really liked every time, spoiler alert, I guess, I really liked every time Frank Castle spoke to Wilson Fisk in prison. Oh, yeah, no, that, let's talk about that episode. It's such a good episode. It's a really good one. It's the most violent one, I think, in the season. But plot-wise, it was intriguing. Well, because, so we find out they go to court, right? And yeah. we finally see, we see Foggy be a lawyer and we see Matt be a lawyer and they're both really awesome at being a lawyer. Um, mm-hmm. But they were all set. Like, Frank could have gotten less time on his sentence, but he was like, yeah, I did it, gonna... I did it, and I liked it. He went into that whole rant. And then... Yeah, he went off the walls, pretty much. Oh, like, the the stuff hit the fan. Yes. Um, and he, you know, goes to prison because of that. And they're like, you're going to die in here, you know? Mm-hmm. But he was always going to prison. I think he was trying to get into that specific prison. Yeah, I, the, I, the illusion is that the, and Matt picks up on it in the courtroom, is the guard whispers something to him. So the idea is, I assumed, the guard, once, uh, once Frank got himself thoroughly imprisoned, the guard would put him specifically in the one with Fisk. Yes. So we see him in prison, and everyone is like, oh, 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 oh. They were trying to go for solitary, like, protective custody yeah he, they were they and were gonna send him to because a, he did a that, mental hospital and then no they, they were just yeah. trying to get him in protective custody but then because he did that he did not get protective custody yeah he was with the general populace so, yeah so he went in gen pop um and you're just watching him like go through the motions and then he gets like called over to fisk and they talk and then he's like i'm not gonna do anything that you tell me to do because um, because you're just another scum lord, like, kingpin. And he was like, but we have a mutually beneficial agreement here, Mr. Castle. And, like, he's like, no, nah, I don't care. I'm gonna kill you, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah, Frank does not care about Fisk. It was really cool to watch. And honestly, like, I feel like if anyone were gonna be able to kill Fisk, it would be Frank. Yeah, in another, in a neutral setting, I don't think Fisk would walk out. No. <laughs> So I was kind of, I, I remember watching this the first time. And I was like, just kill him. Just do it. Do it. Kill him. Kill him. Mm-hmm. Kill him. Kill him. Kill him. But the thing yeah. is, like, even, like, we see him walk out of that scene, like, after he kills the guy who, like, orchestrated the thing that got his family killed, you know? Because um, Fisk, oh. Fisk told him, like, that was the dude. That was the dude who, like, made your family die. So you're talking, you're talking about the scene where... Basically, all Fisk wants is he just wants to... He wants that. All Fisk wants is for Frank to just kill a bunch of people in the prison who have gotten inconvenient for him because Fisk is 
Loki overrun this. Yes. So he's using Frank. And he sets him up of, like, the guy who killed your family is in here, so on and so forth. So Frank goes on a murderous rampage, gets some tiny amount of information from the guy, kills him, and then he realizes it was a trap. Fisk just wanted him dead, too. So he... Frank... Goes on another murderous rampage. I didn't even watch that thing. But yes. So then... No, and then his face is just covered in blood. Yeah. And Fisk, like, there's that confrontation with him and Fisk. And he's like, you were just trying to kill me after I did your dirty work. And then... Mm -hmm. But here's what I'm saying. He just killed all of those people who were coming at him all at once. So how could he mm-hmm. not just murder Fisk right there? I th- wasn't Frank tied down? Or but how did he get tied sort? down in the first place? He passed out. Oh, right. I assume from blood loss. Because, like, Frank isn't... He's not um supernatural in any way, shape, or form. So whenever no, he got, like, a shiv man. or a fist... Like, yeah, he doesn't have any heightened senses. But, yeah, whenever... I think, um... Frank passed out from blood loss. Okay, 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 okay. Right, 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 right. That was my missing information. I I promise, I did watch this. Um, twice. (laughs) Just sometimes the details are foggy. (laughs) Get it? Foggy. Foggy. Um, (laughs) Yes. So, he's tied down. They're having that whole thing, and... But, like, he literally almost gets Fisk. I think he gets out of... He has the cuffs on his wrists that are tied to his feet, but he head smashes fist oh yeah yeah. so yeah. it it doesn't break his nose but like it draws some blood like on his mouth or something which is awesome and that's when fisk unties him he's just like let him go i'm not worried and that's when they have another conversation but yeah um, the first the first way he draws blood is he head smashes him yeah and then frank escapes goes back to karen my fave um and then they're in that diner, and it's awesome. I love it. It's so Wait, great. Wait, you liked that conversation? That was one of my notes. You don't like the diner? I didn't like... The conversation that I really had issue with uh, or the, was when um, Frank was trying to, like, give him, give Karen a love pep talk about, like, go after Matt. My wife is dead, and I'm going to regret it. Except the way he... He was kind of talking about, like, I see the way that... That lawyer guy drives you crazy, oh. I, uh, and he's broken your heart, and I miss that too. My wife, she could do that. No one else can hurt you like that except for the people that you love. Which, it's tragic coming from Frank, but when you put it in the context of where Matt and Karen are at that moment, it's terrible advice. Yeah. Because Matt is just, he's not in an emotionally healthy place, and he's hiding things from her. Not just Daredevil, but like other things. And that's just too much emotional baggage Well, for I like that scene because of how like he's opening up to her in that way. Yeah, no, I appreciate any time. I appreciate any time Frank and Karen talk because that is a really good dynamic. I just didn't like the content of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Let's just get into all of your notes on the third, th- last three episodes. I had to go back after I finished episode 11 to make sure I didn't skip something in between because I was just so jarred. Um, I talked about the weird... I talked about... Oh, this is... We're going to get into it. My biggest note from episode 11 because the way the Dare Matt's little arc ended in episode 12 is they're dealing with the the hand. They're dealing with the ninjas. Mm -hmm. And my whole beef with the final episodes is no one talked about how they were ninjas no one mentioned that at any point in time like isn't it just really kind of weird we're finding immortal ninjas and like yeah you know what that is weird they just kind of went with it that of course these are ninjas running around manhattan and it's just i i'm just i'm just so distraught that 
everyone was just like, cool, we're fighting ninjas. Like, do you realize you're fighting ninjas? You're fighting ninjas right now. And, and, I mean, yeah, but it's Daredevil. I feel like anything that happens to Matt, he just like is like, okay, I guess this is another crappy thing that's happening to me right now. I guess, and then like he was in it with Elektra, and he knew that it was Japanese, so I guess they shouldn't be that surprised. But then, uh, plot-wise, things happen. Claire, the night nurse, shows up. She's great. I feel like Claire does that though. I feel no, at no point in time, because the ninjas attack the hospital where Claire is for plot, and at no point in time throughout any of the hospital cover-up does someone be like those were ninjas those were real ninjas and one of the like civilians dies because she took a ninja sword to the gut and no one meant i'm just no one had the proper reaction to real life ninjas in their life that's my whole my whole beef with the final ending yeah stop talking about them now um oh i also did laugh because part of being a ninja and harvying training is like you have complete control over your body so matt has a hard time finding or fighting them because they can hide their heartbeats and stuff like that so at one point matt is trying to like infiltrate the ninja lair and he's he opens a door and he doesn't sense anything with his heightened senses and then he just gets like straight punched to the face by a ninja and i i laughed i know that was supposed to be like a shocking moment but i laughed it is pretty funny I'll stop talking about ninjas now. No, I I don't know. I think that whole thing is convoluted and finding out that Elektra is actually the black sky who's like meant to take down the hand and blah, 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 blah. Um, I thought it was the other way around. Oh, no. She was a weapon and the hand worshipped her. Right. She is the ultimate weapon for the hand and that like Stick's side of the war wants to kill her so that... Mm-hmm. The hand never gets the black sky. I also love when, like, he's telling Matt about the black sky. He's like, oh, and so that's you, right? Yeah. And he just rolls yeah. with you. He's like, yeah, that is me. No, it's not the woman you love. It's me. <sighs> but actually, let's just talk about the last episode where um, I want to cry. So finally, the season, like, comes together and they're all there. And we find out, like, Frank is innocent and... They they take down his SO, who is the one who set this whole thing up, and Foggy mm-hmm. is going off to they they Nelson and Murdoch is gone. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. Fr- Foggy's trying to get a job from Jerry Hogarth. Um, that was interesting. I liked that. Yes, because Marcy works for Jerry Hogarth, and she yeah. does earlier in the season men- mention Jessica Jones, which I loved. Okay, moving on. So they're finally fighting the hand. It's Matt and Electra, and they're fighting the hand, and it's so awesome, and I love it so much. Um, and then they're on this rooftop, and and Matt looks at her, and she goes, how about when all of this is over, I follow you anywhere? And I almost, like, yeah. died. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> He's going to follow her anywhere. I'm so happy. At first when he said it, I didn't think he meant it. I thought he was just kind of joking around. And then, like, he said, like, by the second sentence, I was just like, oh, no, this is a real speech. Yeah. I was with Electra of just like, Matt, you don't mean that. And he was just like, I've never met anything more in my life. And I'm like, oh, wow, he really, he really will do this. Because Electra literally was like, but it's not New York. And, she go- and he goes, I don't care. Like, I've never felt more alive or more myself than when I'm with you. And it was just such a beautiful moment. And I was like, oh, I'm like dying. I love this so much. And yeah. like, like, literally... He was willing to leave New York for her. Yeah. And it's it makes sense because Electra is the only one who knows who Matt and Daredevil are. She understands. And she says that multiple times, teasing him. It's like, no one knows you like I do. And it's 
it really is true. Yeah. They, like, they aren't healthy romantically together. There's a lot of darkness in Electra. That sh- there's a lot of light and Matt that doesn't really go together. But, like... Or does it? Are they yin-yang? <laughs> yeah. No one understands the uh, each other like those two. And it's true that Electra can be her crazy psychotic self and Matt will, like, try and pull her back. But at the same time, Electra understands Matt has this wicked dark side mm-hmm. and he can finally show it to her and she will accept it mm-hmm. and encourage it in shady ways <laughs> um maybe not going back to those college days where you know she showed him the man who killed her fa- his father and was like kill him kill him yeah that was shady that was bad but it was also the literal and figural break figure figurative breaking point for the both of them that is when their relationship ended because you could see where the line was for each of them yeah and electra has none yeah <laughs> just does not have a line um no but then literally like two minutes after that she dies yeah she takes a sword f- for Matt, because the hand doesn't want to kill her, they want to kill Matt, but they're fighting together. So she she uh, takes a sword for him, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, <sighs> and it was horrifying, and I'm still like not okay. Um, and literally, the hand does not do anything the entire time that he's just holding her in his arms and like <laughs> crying. I know. The idea is that. He took a blow and he was knocked unconscious for a second. But, like, no, he really was just, like, chilling for a sec while Matt and Electra had their final moment. Yeah, which was really funny. Um, but then she, like, mm-hmm. she does die and he gets up mm-hmm. and then Nobu tells them, like, oh, just kill him, like, end him, who cares about him? And so then yeah. he starts... Oh, Nobu's alive for plot. It's part of the whole Electra thing. Listen, Don't if you're listening to this, you probably have already watched it. Oh, that's true. Nobu's like, kill him. He doesn't matter. End him. Whatever. And then he starts fighting all the hand people. And Nobu hasn't left yet, I don't think. And then... He just walks away. Yeah, but clearly he's not, like... Clearly Matt can't take all of these people all at once. And then all of a sudden, you hear the, like, knock of a gun. And you're like, oh... (laughs) And then, like, people are going down on that rooftop. And it goes to Frank, Mm -hmm. who's, like, shooting Matt's enemies down. And then... There's this moment where, like, Matt's going after Nobu, like, real hard. And mm-hmm. uh, he, like, throws him off a roof. And I was like, Matt, I thought you yeah. didn't kill people. <laughs> I, you, you, genuinely, I was like, you just threw him off a roof. But when Matt's yeah. going after Nobu, it goes back to Frank, and Frank just gives him a little nod. Like, all right, like, yeah, I he's like yours. That. Like, he's yours. I, you got him. And he throws him off the yeah. roof. And then Frank just goes, see you around, Red. I was like, I like oh. that because also when Electra dies, Matt like rips off his helmet. So Red or not Red, Frank can see who Daredevil is. And I liked that. Yeah. And the fact that he also is like super aware that like he can hear him, you know, he's like, yeah, I know you can hear me. See you around Red. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a perfect exit. And then like Karen is also mm-hmm. on the ground like oh, Frank, like she knows that he's there. I thought everyone could hear the gunfire. Yeah, but she knows it's him, you know? Like, oh, yeah. In that moment, it's like a gun is a gun in New York, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, she's like, I know that's Frank. And it's just such a good moment. And I literally, in my notes, I, like, wrote that whole scene down. And then it ends with, (laughs) I love Frank! (laughs) 
just because I love him so much and I love that moment. I just think it's so perfect to like this understanding Mm -hmm. that the two of them have come to. I love it. I just love it so much. And the scene ends and then Nobu's like on the ground and then all of a sudden Stick is there and kills him. He's like, this time stay dead and then just decapitates Nobu. Yeah, because... I, that must be the only effective way of killing an immortal ninja since setting him on fire didn't work the first time around. This is true. This is true. Yeah. But I think the most important part of this finale is actually the end. They've buried Electra. Stick asks him if it was worth it to love her. And I, in his own roundabout way, Matt says yes. Mm-hmm. And then he's just walking through the streets as Karen's narration of her article goes above about how everyone <laughs> is a hero if you live in New York, which I kind of hated. I was like, what's the point? Who are you talking to? That was one of my notes, by the way, was Karen sitting there stressed out AF, staring at a blank street screen. And I wrote in all caps, finally, real journalism. When, but the fact that it was like, you want to know what a hero looks like? Look in the mirror. That's not. No. But I, it's kind of true if you live in this New York where, like, you know, the Avengers show up and, like, rain and uh, aliens mm. rain hell on your city and whatever. But still, such a... I don't... Ugh. It was very campy. Yeah. But so, like, Fra- uh, not Frank. Matt's on his way to Foggy and Nelson and um, Karen is there. And I feel like the first hint that something was off was the fact that the second he opened the door, she doesn't say anything. She's just like, he just goes, thanks for coming. You know, like you wouldn't know that she was because she was like completely quiet, completely still, didn't make a noise. But he knew she was there. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, I have to show you something or and she thinks like he's giving her a gift, I think. A gift in a brown paper bag. I assumed that Karen thought Matt was going to try and make amends and or get her back. But at this point, Karen wants to move on. She wants to put her feelings for him behind. Yeah. So that's why she's like, no, Matt, don't do this. And then... No, he's like, I need to show you something. And he pulls out his helmet and is like, I'm Daredevil. And then the scene ends. Yeah, weird reveal. You don't get her reaction or anything. She's just like staring at him and then staring into the camera. And scene ends. And then you think season ends, but season does not end. Oh, you're right. I've watched this. It does not end. Continue. The last scene of this show is Electra being revived? Yeah. I mean, she is being She's revived. Laid. We all know this. She gets revived. No, like, if you know anything about her lore, like, she gets revived. Like, she get, she dies and gets brought back to life. That's, like, a part of Electra's story. It was kind of, it was eerie mm-hmm. to watch because she was in this weird tomb mm-hmm. thing. And I know I shouldn't think this, but my whole thought process was like, oh, Matt's going to die when he sees her again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's it. And that's that's Daredevil. We missed a lot. And that is Daredevil season two. There was just so the, much. It's so epi- hard to like talk about all what happens in all 13 episodes in the hour that we allot ourselves. Yeah, and also I was so much more invested in the characters and what we ended up talking about than the actual plot. Yeah, it's definitely very character driven. And I think it's funny though that like this episode we spent a lot of time talking about Electra and Frank and not even like our main people. I was kind of with Claire this season. I like Matt's little tug of moral tug of war was a little old. Yeah. Not old, but like it only worked because of Electra and Frank. Yes. We, if it was just him alone, we would have just repeated the first season, you know? I mean, that is the point of characters. They do come in, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Matt Murdock's doing his thing, and now we have two great side characters. It's it's a very, very good season. I really like Daredevil season two. I it like mm-hmm. ten out of ten for me. I love yeah. this season. I'm excited for season three, which is unfortunately the final season of this show. Yes, Daredevil did get canceled we'll get after that. season three, um, but we see. Yeah, but we do see Daredevil again in the first and only season of The Defenders. Right, Before yes. we see see him in uh, season three. Okay, so it's not the end of Matt's appearances. It's not the end of Matt, but uh, yes. We do see him cool. in Defenders, and I can't wait to talk about that because I have a lot of opinions. Oh, I can imagine. I'm about to start Luke Cage because that's our next show. Next, yes. next Defenders show. Oh, there's an agent in there. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yes, so... I think that's it, y'all. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining us for season two of Daredevil. Please join us next week for I don't even know. Oh, Civil War. It's Civil War. We need... Sammy and Melissa are very adamant that one and or both of them are on this episode because we cannot be Team Tony for an hour. Okay. First of all, I would never be Team Tony for an hour, but whatever. They're allowed on. We're going to have guest stars, which is our friends next episode. Yeah, we're going to have Team Cap, Team Tony. Okay, whatever. It's fine. (laughs) Anyway, next week we talk about Civil War. And you know what? We'll be with you till the end of the line. You can find me on Twitter at the Sabrina Pet. You can find Lily at Lily underscore Rugo. You can find us at the, the podcast at EM Fangirls. Check out our website, Earth's Mightiest Fangirls. Also send us an email at emfangirls at gmail.com. Thank you to Dexter Britton for letting us use the song Wonderland. And thanks to us for editing and producing internationally. And on different days. Different days. We are time traveling. Yes. <laughs>